0: Namaste. We are—I um, won't use the word studying—but <laughs> we are having a glimpse of Sherindoo's life through his poems. And today, the poem that uh, we would read is "A Strong Sun of Lightning." Now, how is this really connected to Sherindoo's birth? <clears throat> Sometimes a portion of this poem is quoted below Sri picture. For example, all the gods in a mortal body dwelt, bore a single name. But if you really look at this poem in its origin, it's an entirely Vedic poem. The image is entirely Vedic. And it gives us a clue how the Vedic Rishis actually conceived of life and communicated it. So whenever uh, they describe lightning, so lightning… In the darkness, it cleaves the darkness. So it was the intuitive mind, thunderer, who announces the coming of grace. So it's very interesting that if you look at this symbol, there is the thunder and the lightning and then there is the downpour, the deluge, the cleansing, which batters the earth and makes it ready for the new creation. So actually, if you see all the seasons, everything in creation speaks of something or the other of the divine working. So they saw it like that, used these images very powerfully. So who is the strong son of lightning in the Vedas? If you read through, it is the Agni who is born in the mortal. So Agni's home is in Surya. So it has light and power. And this Agni is born in the mortal frame upon earth. So there he becomes Grahaspati. So its home is there. And it's born in the crypt of matter. So the beauty is because it is born from there, he is all the time remembering that home. So if you look at it from a purely psychological point of view, it is so fascinating that how the Vedic Rishi is described in one single stroke the entire human journey. Something in us bears the stamp of Agni. It is the divine will in man whose representative is the psychic being. This is what Agni is about it's, Some people say it's the psychic being Psychic being takes time to develop It's the divine will which bears within itself This child, psychic being So if you look at it Why, is, why do we always carry Dream of perfection? Because that's our home So uh, Till Agni is awakened Human nature is all the time Is happy, comfortable Busy with life just as it is In its own mechanical round. But when the Agni awakens, first it inspires the mind and thoughts towards, it conceives a beautiful eye. That's the conception which takes place in the thought mind. Now, uh, this conception is also very, impor- uh, very interesting. In the Vedas, there is a very fascinating story. Many stories are very fascinating. One of them is that Diti conceives Maruts. Uh, before they are Maruts, he conceives a child through uh, Diti. Diti is the mother of Dhatyas. So, she conceives a child through her husband, Kashyap. And this child is born to slay Indra. So, it is, uh, Indra gets to know, Indra is the child of Aditi. So, she wants a child who is equal to Indra and slay him because Indra has um, disrespected her, Aditi. So, when the child is in womb, then Indra enters the womb and he slays the child into seven parts. And each of the part cries. So, that's how it says Marodha. So, that's how it becomes Maruta. So, he slays the child further. Each part, each of the seven parts, he splits into seven parts. Look at the sevenfold seven. Thereby creating 49 parts. And so, the Maruts are born, which are 49 in number. Indra has slain them, but they are reborn. Because, you know, Indra becomes a kind of father to the Maruts. He is now in some way involved in the birth of the Maruts, paradoxically by slaying them. And when they are born, it becomes the 49 Maruts who enter into all the worlds and they become one of the most powerful instruments of Indra. That's how the story goes. It's like within us we carry force, Maruts, the force, you know, wind god who who can carry us further. But this force is right now under the influence of Diti. See, all the force within us is generally under the influence of the asuras and the rakshasas, the dark mother. By the action of Indra, they lose that ability. And they are born to slay Indra. Meaning, thereby, initially, its task is to finish the godhead. Indra in the Vedas is a great godhead. Later on, in the Puranas, he becomes someone. He is the godhead with a global consciousness, Sahasraksh. He is a child of Surya himself. So... But after having slain them, they become, because now Indra has touched them and given them the new, that your task is not just to slay me. All the worlds, all the lokas you go and with your force do the work. So many times they are also known as the Rudra powers which go and act into the world. So the story is so deeply symbolic, but if we don't get the symbol and all the stories of, uh, you know, but especially the story of the Maruts, and you will not see the meaning of the symbol anywhere. shobindo is the only one who describes this, um, not the, this way the meaning, but he reveals that, you know, how the story goes at great lengths. And the same way there is the story of birth of Agni. So, some describe that the Agni is born in the waters. Some describe Agni is born by the contact of heaven and earth. Others describe him as coming together of Varuna and Mitra. At night, in the evening, Agni becomes Varuna, the vast. Varuna can see in the darkness. Whereas in the daytime, he becomes Mitra. So, brings sweetness and delight. So, Agni is not just… And there is a story where Agni goes and uh, he is cursed that you will destroy everything. Uh, Devourer, Brigurishi. So he asks Lord Brahma that, you know, if I am a devourer, it's very bad because the whole world I'll end up destroying. He says, okay, I'll modify it. Whatever is true cannot be devoured. So what, what I'll do with the truth? Truth cannot be devoured, it cannot be destroyed. So you'll purify it. So, you know, he becomes Pavaka, who purifies. And by purifying he lifts everything up. So all these sense we will see in this beautiful poem which is, um, as I see it, it's not written anywhere. It's a Vedic poem about the birth of Agni. But what really is an avatar? He is the embodiment of the divine will. In all of us, at one place Mother says, what the psychic being does for an individual, the avatar does for the whole earth. So in all of us there is a portion of Agni who comes from the heights, opens the path. But in the avatar, he embodies that divine will which opens the doors to the new creation um, and for the future. So, with this thought we will read that the coming of Sri Aurobindo, he is the bearer of the divine will for the future. So, this is the difference. So, when it is said Dharma Siglani avatar comes to, uh, you know, um, uh, there is adharma and he comes to resta- restore dharma. So, this restoration is not going back to the same level, back and forth. Uh, It will be meaningless then to have so many avatars, one one avatar should be enough to do this work. But it is taking the creation step by step and the same thing happens in our own life. So it is the story of an individual life with regard to the birth of Agni, it is the story of the avatar who embodies the divine will and enters into the womb of night into matter script, takes a mortal body and from there he starts a new journey. And it's a very powerful poem. A strong son of lightning, a strong son of lightning came down to the earth with fire feet of swiftness splendid. So in the very beginning it is son of lightning and he is fire swift. So in the middle, Agni is described as the lightning because as I said lightning in the night and then it takes to the home which is Surya. So, he is the strong son of lightning, of the thunderer, of the uh, the master, the lord of creation. That's why in, in, uh, in the Vedic image, this story of birth of Agni, at the end he is described as the purusha, the ultimate male, the masculine and who is his vahana is bull. Bull is that force. Indra is also described as bull. He becomes equal to Indra. That's how Agni is described. A strong son of lightning came down to the earth with fire feet of swiftness splendid. You see how fire feet even physically when fire rages what it does? Before you can imagine recently we had no those wildfires, it spreads so fast. Probably nothing else spreads the way fire spreads if you keep anything in flame, it just starts coming little contact and it begins to spread. So that is the power of the fire. And then light was born in a womb and thunderous folds filled a human frame. So we have now the entire Vedic image. Lightning, the intuitive mind which shows you the truth directly. Fire feet of swiftness. He has come to change an age. He is coming from the future. He is... Not though he is taking a human body, he will take creation to leap into the future. So, he has fire feet. Vibhutis, they come and help in God's work but little, little steps. But when the avatar comes, he takes leap. So, that's what we see in Shurabindu's writing and sometimes people don't understand it. If you read his writings, it's like human cycle, What a peak, he is in Kanchanjanga. Then next you read Life Divinery, this is Mount Everest. But what connects the two? (laughs) As uh, one of the uh, persons in New York Times, I think it was published, um, that he Swervindu is like somebody who is moving among the galaxies. That is the kind of impression you have. So, fire, feet, swift, swiftness, splendid, light. Light is born in the womb. So, what is this womb? Womb is indicative of darkness. It is the birth of light in the darkness of creation. And it is born with that force. So this, this uh, as I said, it applies to, to the uh, cosmic will also which is born in matter. And it carries within it tremendous force. Even in atom there is a force which can completely slay or create. So it involves itself, all the force of the thunderer Indra, the uh, you know, highest god in the Vedas. All that it is lightning and thunder is compressed and enters into the womb of night what it would mean i think last time we spoke about it that uh, you know the way shubhindra was born and then within of uh, first seven years he described that when he was in st paul he experienced a great darkness rushing into him where else it will go light is there so the darkness came to engulf him and he says it stayed with him till he came back to india it, it stayed with him when he went to Uh, UK. So darkness comes and tries to compress and that's the period when we see that if we look at Shurabindu's development, we see that there is a progressive manifestation against all the resistances. So right in the beginning he had gone to uh, like you know in the story of Devasur Sangram, we see that uh, one of the gods goes to the Kingdom of the Asura To know all his secrets and his tricks So I look at Shirobindo's early journey to England Also says that That he had to learn All that the western world could give And this is a story Somewhat akin to the Buddha But in a very different way Buddha's father didn't want That you know He should be ever exposed to anything That is uh, Suffering and painful Why? Because It was said that uh, He has all the signs of uh, Vishnu on his feet and he will either become a great conqueror or a sage. Either he will become a chakravarti Samrat or he will completely renounce the world. So, he was under the impression that only when you see suffering, you renounce the world. So, I will not show him suffering. So, if you read about Buddha's life, first 21 years, he is given all the joy, riches, but destiny finds its way. So, similar story, something very similar, Shraubhindo's father he was a doctor krishnan Ghosh. so a um, very virtuous man but he wanted his children just like mothers mother he wanted his children to be the best in the world that he wanted and when he comes he doesn't want them to be contaminated with indian thought which uh, you know is full of superstition and all but uh, western thought is so good you know C- um, christian understanding of life is so wonderful so in at a very young age It's a story akin to Buddha in this respect. He sent him to England that you learn all the manners. Not only he sent him to England, he was brought up by a devout Christian. And um, they christened his name as Akroyd because you know, one of the things you do is to change the name. People say, Namikya Rakhaya. Rakhaya ji. Their name and form are also expressions of the truth within. Some people say, what is the difference in name? Nowadays, people are changing names of railway station. Yes, of course, name should represent the truth of what things are within. So, something very similar, he he goes there and his name becomes Akroyd. So, he is called Aurobindo Akroyd Ghosh. Why? Because, you know, now he is a Christian (laughs) and he remembers that somebody took him to the church, they took him, uh, Druids, and they took him to the church where the, uh, you know, for baptization ceremony, the priest came and sprinkled some water and said, now he is saved, now he is saved. Imagine the saviour of the world he is told, now you are saved, now you are saved. <laughs> so, this is a story which he recounts. So, in his early childhood, but who is he? He is the Agni which has come to, you know, he has entered the dark womb of night and night has come all around. Not knowing that that him whom the night wants to crush, he is going to illuminate and make sure that ignorance vanishes from the face of the earth. So this is Shubindo. Light was born in a womb and thunders' force filled a human frame. Would be what difficult it must be to hold when we read the mother speaking of Savitri. She says. Um, What is there in Savitri So experiences of the one who has written about it And one of the things she says is uh, uh, Yoga of the earth Then she says that the um, Divine mother's Story of she has to adapt to the Falsehoods of the world We cannot imagine what it means For even a god to be born In a human body Let alone the divine himself Thunder's force, that lightning What kind of experience it must be How he must have seen the world And that we will see as we go by and by But then just like Buddha Destiny called him And his father himself realized That things are not as rosy as I thought So he started sending him cuttings About the misdoings and injustice Of the British Empire Paper cuttings And then right there itself you know, Light is ready to be born from the womb of darkness So he at 18 Just a little before he comes back At 21 he came back so, they, they formed a lotus and tiger society where you would participate in a revolutionary activity. So, this is the birth of light in the womb. The calm speed of heaven. Look at the beauty of the way Shurabindu joins the words. Speed. Speed can be a vital speed. Impatient, rushing and stumbling by its own speed. But when speed is full of calm, Then it is a divine movement. That's how people uh, ask the difference between desire and aspiration. So, desire is always restless, but aspiration is always calm. And that's why the mother says, We must be patient, we must be patient. We are always in a hurry, always in a hurry, we must be patient. The calm speed of heaven. And now you see the other, the sweet greatness. So, what a greatness, majesty divine is born. But he is very sweet, he is so humble. He becomes like everybody. you see the story of Krishna. You see Shirobindo uh, eating, you know with a penny, one loaf of bread and tea, and he is a day, and he's surviving with that, not a complaint, not a grudge. So there is the calm speed of heaven, the sweet greatness. Pure passion. What is pure passion? Passion is always bad. What really is passion? Passion is intensity toward the object. And what does passion do? Whatever it wants to achieve, it goes straight to that. You can't, you know, turn it this way. And it's actually described as a fire that can bring your own body down. That's the beauty of, or the problem of passion. So you'll always see that, you know, they talk about curb passion, restrain it, restrict it. But this is divine passion. What is the divine passion? It's a passion to change the world. Mother speaks of it in Savitri. She says, in her, Shorabindra speaks about the mother, in her there was the anguish of the gods. So anguish of the gods is pure passion. It is not satisfied with anything which is halfway. It wants that ultimate. It also wants, but wants the ultimate and wants it soon. It doesn't want to wait through the centuries. So pure passion. We see it in uh, Mother Kali's movement. Winged power had descended. Why is using the word winged power? Because this power is not just to come here and stay here. It has to carry everything upward. So it's a double movement, it's a winged power that descended. So these are the, also within Agni, all the gods are there. We'll see one by one. All the gods in a mortal body dwelt bore a single name. So you see, this is, uh, of course for us it is though, All the gods in one body dwelt. You see the Shiva aspect is there very much, you know Renunciate of renunciate But you see the Krishna aspect very much there Both the humor, the sweetness The revolution which, you know, Sri created You see in him the Vishnu, the great preserver The balance of the world, the dharma And you see in him Brahma, the creator of the new creation He has He has brought with him the seeds of the new creation Which he will pass on to the mother That take them in your custody and you Do the rest. So all the gods, the vast wideness of the Indra, the power of the Indra, the global vision of the of Indra, the force of Agni, the power of the Maruts to carry things far on swift-footed steeds, all these are there with with a single name, Shurbindo. In the Vedas, it is described as Agni, because in the Vedas uh, there are two particular. Upanishads But one of them is where It is asked who is the greatest god Kasme habishabideham. So there are different gods who are mentioned uh, Then finally In one it is Agni Agni is what divine will So ultimately everything moves according to the divine will Even the other gods uh, Lesser god They have to all, all listen ultimately to the divine will So Agni There is another way they also speak of Vayu But largely it is Agni He is the first god Who is worshipped because he must clear the path. So all the gods and with coming of Agni all other gods come. So that's why in all the rituals we will see in sacrifice first what is lit? Agni. Then you do all the sacrifice. And because Agni is present everything through the Agni. Swaha is his wife. It will be reduced to whatever is impure will be reduced to ashes. And whatever is pure or capable of purity will be uplifted. All the gods will come after that. For us, it practically means some people, when they do various prayers, they make their, you know, um, there is a tendency in man ki, ye wala god chalega to thik hai nahi toh dusra god bhi, ye god bhi, you know. You want to make sure that all the gods are present. Now gods also get confused. Ki kisko bula hai? <laughs> But if you take the avatar's name, all others are automatically included. You don't have to call separately This is a truth which is revealed time and again in our own scriptures So when we use the word Sri He is Everything else is included It's not like Okay, after Sri let me worship this or that Or let me do all this Then come to Sri It's not necessary Shurabindo will not say this And we should not say this in an evangelistic fervor to convert people But it is the subtle truth known in Indian mysticism and I've given examples of it last time also. All the gods in a mortal body dwelt, bore a single name, and if Shubindo sounds very big, just Ma—that is simple enough. So <laughs> Ma is enough. All the gods are within her. A wide wave of movement, and actually, with Shubindo, we see in his own life how the gods would come. Uh, there's a, that story where Krishna would come, and he's waiting. Uh, to meet Shri and is absorbed pulling down the supramental world. And in Chandanagar, he is sitting and looking at uh, at the sky or gazing into the blankness. And when his host asks him, Motilal Roy, "What are you looking at?" He says, "Gods, the gods would come to him literally." That please Amal Kiran has written a beautiful poem on this that Shri is sitting and writing on his desk and. The muses, the gods of wisdom, learning, poetry, they come and are with folded hands saying, Please express us also through your pen, through your writing, through your speech. It's not an exaggeration. When mother would play piano, she would say that hands of great musicians. Beethoven, these people would come, please use our hands. There is no other hand which can use, and by using it, you can uplift it. So this is how all the gods in a mortal body dwelt bore a single name a wide wave of movement stirred all the dim globe in each glad and dreaming fold so now is the Maruts all the um, what is the task of Maruts they expand and take things far and wide so the movement which starts in a core as a nucleus so what does actually fire do it's very interesting Um, when you Put fire, what happens? Air gets heated up, right? So what happens? It rises on top, isn't it? Is the even even physically? Look at the symbol, and the cool air keeps coming down, seeking the fire. <laughs> we also need some warmth, and it rises up. So it starts setting fire in uh, winds into motion. That's how we have, you know, with the play of the sun and the water. See, you have these storms and all these come. So basically the same process, the Agni starts as a little flame. At a human level it is, uh, psychological level it is. If we have a flame of aspiration, it may sound very small. In the beginning we may just have an aspiration, um, any aspiration of peace, purity, beauty, love, ananda. But see what this flame will do? It will start setting into motion all the different aspects of our life. And if the consciousness is vast of all life that is around us. So this is what we see. A wide wave of movement stirred. All the dim globe in each glad and dreaming fold. So he's describing, even see the imagery, that glad and dreaming fold. This is night, but this is the birth of light. So with that light which is, in fact it is still in the womb. So while the light has entered the womb, suddenly we see that there is a, Warm air which is beginning to flow around the globe as it's going to be morning. Purvaiya, I don't know whether people are conversant with it or not. In in, uh, summers, the early morning breeze that comes from the east and it's very rejuvenating, refreshing and you know, when it comes it's very welcome because all your sweat is taken away. So it begins to flow all over the globe. And since the force of life, winds are connected with life, life was cast into grandeur. Now when there is light, when there is night, everything is bears a dull look. So when there is ignorance, everything is dull. One of the signs that, you know, life is being led in ignorance is that nothing is interesting except perhaps TV. And that is also very much like this. Kya dikharo, program that's, you know, like a couch potato. When light is born, What happens? Everything is lit up. And you see the grandeur of this world. The trees, the plant, the the river, the stream, everything is lit up into colors and shapes. So life was cast into grandeur. Ocean hands took the wheels of time. Then the waves, you know, are rising up and down. So now suddenly the whole cosmos is stirred. Why? Because the avatar has come. So life is beginning to assume the specter of grandeur. You see, around the coming of Mother and Sri look at the turn that life took. The early part of the 1900, that is the 20th century, as it is beginning and the 19th century is ending. The whole um, world over, it was stirred with movements, with revolution, new ideas, uh, science. I have given this example several times. In the world of science that's when you know the, the seed was sown for the quantum mechanics uh, quantum mechanics the J.C. Bose theory that you know plants have life Srivastava writes about it also in the Arya new discoveries and the mother says what else is this but the uh, birth of the gods in these ideas new ideas are uh, nothing else but the birth of the gods and we see suddenly even in uh, Krishna's when Krishna is born so parallel in Braj Bhumi Bhaktas and all these, their Arjuna, Bhim, all these gods are beginning to stir. Why? Because now a new life has come and there is a new movement. So they begin to get ready, all these gods. So there is a wide movement and the whole cosmos, ocean hands took the wheels of time. Why? Because now a new movement is going to start in the universal fields. Man's soul was again a bright charioteer of days, had by gods, impetuous, bold. So, the soul is described as a chariot, it's a completely Vedic image, where the soul is described as a chariot, and in this chariot, all the gods are seated. So, what is the task? To fashion. The gods in clay, that's their task. So uh, that story of Ayatollah, all the gods entered the human body. Where have they vanished? They have not vanished, they are very much in the soul. The moment we come in touch with the soul, we become aware of these gods. In Savitri, there is a description when Savitri is going in search of the soul. So she crosses the dull, obscure field of matter. Then she crosses the field of life with all its stir and massive movement. And then she crosses the field of mind with all its seeking for status quo and stability. Then as she draws near the soul, because she doesn't feel satisfied there. In fact, at the level of the mind, she is told by highly intellectual people (laughs) that you don't have to go any further. This is the place. Put your name in the book of the elite. And Savitri says, I can't rest here. Happy who stand on faith as on a rock. By the way, this line is in this part. People often put it as Savitri that it's not that faith that is being spoken of here. At the level of the mind, when people are just satisfied with faith. So it's, she says, Happy who stand on faith as, in a ro- as on a rock, amid the trudge and tread of time. But I cannot stop here for I seek my soul. Then somebody says, Is there something like a soul? Can it still be found? Is there a way? And then she enters to find the soul. Whom does she meet? Luminous company of happy gods. All the beautiful qualities in human beings. Kindness, compassion, charity. People say you should develop this, develop this. It's a very difficult process. Just try developing one quality. Not against the, not for the whole world, just against one person. Always there will be one person who will challenge you to Compassion. One person who will challenge the power of love in within you, one person who will challenge you for the light to emerge, situations, circumstances. It's the way divine original plan that Palais could tackle Karlo. First you tackle this, then so this is the chariot and all the gods are there. So instead of all this, all we see the qualities that the Gita describes which come with sattva, high sattva. What is high sattva? It is the divine soul which brings out the nature into its peak, the triple soul forces. So it is the Madonna of light which emerges from the soul. They they are soul forces. So all the great gods are within the soul. As we draw near, they begin to come and rush out to the earth to help. So all these gods begin to use the soul as a chariot for the great victory. Now is the time when the soul cannot afford to be asleep. Before that, the soul is asleep in the womb of darkness. Doesn't know what to do. But suddenly, with the coming of the avatar, man's soul was again a bright charioteer of days, hired by gods, impetuous, bold. Why has it been hired by gods? In the Devasur Sangram, the gods have to use human beings as vehicles. But ultimately the soul belongs to the supreme. Nobody can own it. Even the gods cannot own it. Arjuna is putra of Indra. But he is owned by Krishna. (laughs) That's what we see in the actual story. Ultimately, it is, uh, you know, there is actually a fight between Indra and Arjuna in the mythology. Ultimately, it belongs to Krishna. So it's hired. Hired because on the world there is... Always struggle between light and darkness And light There must be beings Souls which are ready to become Chariot For the gods to act Otherwise If gods enter And the soul is not awake The mind is in darkness What will happen? All the human measures will be lost And it can be a very difficult situation Even the human mind may suffer a breakdown So the soul is the chariot in which they ride Hurled by one On his strong, on his storm winged ways, a shaft aimed at heights sublime. So here now the divine will which has awakened all these souls which are ready. Uh, Sri says that when the divine comes, souls that are ready, that have waited, they start taking birth Uh, because they have to come. You see in Sri and the mother's yoga, there were quite a number of people who were born around 1900. And at one place he says many people around 1903 none of us are in any you know probably we are born and reborn so it's because they come they come by the call of the divine we see in the story of Krishna Sri Krishna and Rama so here all these gods who are they which have suddenly been hurled and who seek man's soul as a chariot hurled hired by gods impetuous, bold but who are these gods hurled by one with a capital O He has hurled them Go spread the light into the world On his storm winged ways When Divine is born upon earth It is the hour of God That is not a time of slow movement It is a time of revolutions One sign that Shurubindo's advent Was the advent of an avatar You see 1900 beginning And you see 2000 beginning. You will see the difference. How the world has changed so drastically, it's unimaginable. In every respect it has changed. From the little, uh, you know, Wright brothers first flight, we have entered into, you know, extraterrestrial movements. And from the thoughts which were struggling to find a foothold on matter, we have entered into what depths of matter. Everywhere, biology, psychology, education, human consciousness has changed so much that gender differences, social order, nations have become free. From the time of Sherwin's advent till 2000, the world had changed completely. Not once, quite a few times. If you see the First World War, the Second World War, then the freedom of the countries, the rise of Asia. Everything changed What was the power that came and worked? Nobody knows Everybody claims But if you really look at Who was the one who was releasing the idea forces Along whose lines things have changed We can see Sri Take for instance when he speaks about uh, In human cycle about religions and their fate You know what he speaks about What is going to be the religion of the future He speaks of religion of humanity but not the way we understand. It's not about distributing blankets and all this. It means humanity has to discover the Godhead who is concealed within. And that's how. So ignorantly we take it that man is God. No. In his present situation he is not. But ultimately he has to discover the God within him. And the God who sits unworshipped here while we you know worship all the gods outside. So religion of humanity, internationalism, everything is moving along those lines. So these were the gods he released into the world. Hurled by one on his storm winged ways, a shaft aimed at height sublime. So shaft is the javelin or an arrow which uh, the Lord has shot. And wherever the arrow has gone and struck, and this is the arrow which has gone right beyond the uh, parting of the hemispheres and entered into the heart of the sun. So there humanity will follow. He has created the path for the rest of humanity to follow. And then what happens when God is born in a human clay? Beware all traditionalists. You can't hold on to the old ways of life. They are gone, gone, gone. If you try to hold it, Your situation will be like Daksha Prajapati You try to revive the slain body of Daksha Prajapati What happens? Actually the fellow regresses into a goat And then that is still okay When he moves backward He actually thinks he is moving forward Because the goat's head is fixed You know, surgeons can make mistakes So you should pardon them so it is, you know the story, no, Daksha is slain because he has, he has become the cause of Mata Sati's Atmada. So when he is slain by Shiva, all the gods come, sir, at least you, you know, don't kill him so mercilessly. <laughs> Some mercy. So Shiva is like that, Bhale Baba, and he has to give a lesson to the gods. That you people don't understand that divine loves most when most ruthlessly <laughs> <he> slays. <laughs> so he says, okay, get a goat. I'll do the rest. Get any animal. So they get a goat. Goat's head. I don't know where they went to get a goat's (laughs) head. And then all the surgeons, Prajapati should be revived. Why they are in a hurry? The world order is crumbling. Shiva comes for that. Shiva comes to crumble the world order. That's his work. So he says, you want to restore a world order that I have destroyed? In Savitriya, those lines, a giant dance of Shiva tore that past. Okay, try God's, So they try to suture the, you know, without anesthesia. So you are in a hurry, Prajapati ko bachana. Prajapati is the, you know, one of those who looks after the kingdoms of the people. So in that melee, they fix the goat's head, they forget which is front, behind. So the head is now behind. Got it, no? The face of the goat is facing the back of Prajapati. Poor fellow, bad job. But now what happens... He walks forward Thinking he is walking forward But actually he is walking backward This is the situation When we try to revive the slain corpse What should happen? Tapasya So we see Prajapati going through tapasya He does the tapasya With the goat's head and is restored And Mata Sati Abhidhyamai Is born as Parvati Vidyamai Mata So when there is a destruction going on upon earth Don't try to revive the form Engage in tapasya To awaken the spirit That's why Shubhinda says Recover the Aryan spirit When he speaks about India's renaissance What does he say? He doesn't say Read the scriptures daily You have forgotten We used to have holy Diwali Recently I saw a very senti video You know Are we used to have this holy Diwali And this and that Tihar. Now you know it is so bad We should remember these things They are slain Can't revive them Bad luck if you don't believe in the divine. So what is to be done? Go into the spirit. I think even for Raksha Bandhan, somebody was circulating recently. (laughs) Though I must say that writing was in a certain context written in Bandhimatram days. But nevertheless, what is the spirit? The spirit is not about Mera Bhaiya born by birth and I am going to. But there is a different spirit of that. And that is the one which uh, is... Uh, all that spirit of things has to be revived. The forms have gone. So no more playing holy with colors or you know, uh, bombs and all that on Diwali day. But yes, lighting a candle outside or a diya, yes, light is beautiful always. But most importantly, lighting the lamp within to destroy darkness. Diwali is all about it. Narkasur, story, holy they are all about destruction of darkness. And the spring of light, victory over... The so now what will happen is that the spirit has to be revived and that can only be done through tapasya. So he says, recover the Aryan thought, not just in thought and speech, but in your life, in your actions. Um, the Vedas, the Upanishads, they have to be recovered within us. The Gita has to be recovered within us. So that's what old things will go, something new will come. So the coming of the avatar is to bring... As the mother says, add a new rung to the evolutionary ladder to open a new door so that humanity may cross through it towards a new creation, new becoming. May not be all, but those who are ready. So that comes, is described here. The old tablets clanging fell. Ancient, slow nature's dead wall was rent asunder. So he is also the... Agni, He destroys the walls Now you know It's long that you people have been just You know Doing Sitting and All kinds of things In the name of God But you're not really advanced So all the old tablets The do's The don'ts, The prescriptions The proscriptions They're gone So it's a period of confusion The mother says That During the period of transition There will be confusion But this confusion is for a Higher evolution so it's a process Now imagine the old tablets falling Old tablets are the old law, old laws But these laws are not only social laws They are applicable even to our everyday life It means that the human body itself What is the old law? Uh, you will live, live to a point Degeneration, disintegration, disease, death Why? May not be so Old tablets All the old tablets Mind can only think up to a point Why? See, Sri plays this game of hide and seek, very interesting. How does he play game of hide and seek? Pick up his book, start seeking him through the words. After some time, he will hide because he will sleep. Then you suddenly, are I could not. Seek, again it will look, oh this is so wonderful, you know, wow, wonderful he has written. After some time, you suddenly feel, I mean... Not my experience, excuse me, but (laughs) people come and tell me. After some time, people feel, oh, this is too much. Then they stop for some days. After some time again, they will pick up. So this is his game of hide and seek. But what is he doing in the process? That light is opening a door. Why don't we understand Srivindu? Because we want to understand him on the basis of the old tablets he should have written something like Every day morning you get up do pranam to your parents they are gods after that you should do your nith name do a puja with ghanti and this thing the malvi should go and do a jaan then yes see he has come to say correct he is god but he says none of this is necessary and before him vibhutis had started saying this when Kabir says about mullah and this thing, kakad pathar jod ke mandir lai banay, masjid lai banay. <laughs> very funny. What does he say? You add kankad and pathar and make a huge masjid. kakad pathar jod ke masjid lai banay, ta chadhi mullah bang de. Have you heard? <laughs> you know what is bang? cock a doodle do. So the cock is in the morning. Doing this cock-a-doodle-do, ta chedi mulla bangde, and the last is the punchline. क्या hua khuda hai? Is God so deaf that you have to shout like this? We are also no exceptions. But the point is, we sometimes run in competition. But this is like you know early morning. Let people sleep. Okay, it may be necessary in when you didn't have alarm clocks and everybody had to you know short like everybody. But Anyway, it's not good to wake up with alarm clock Rhythms where Whatever its meaning But look at that You don't have to call God By doing this kind of a Funny activity That just because you have climbed the highest story You are the topmost in the world So All these old tablets are broken Now humanity is being given a time Whether you still want to belong to the old Or into the new The old is bound to collapse The decree has gone against it Without a doubt So there are new possibilities which are going to emerge into the future. The old tablets clanging, fell. Ancient slow nature's dead wall was rent asunder. God renewed himself in a world of young beauty, thought and flame. How does God renew himself? So Mother speaks of that in the agenda where he says, When I say Om Namo Bhagavate, I am invoking the God of the future. In manifestation, God renews himself. In his static poise, he is the same forever. So, but in manifestation, he is always advancing forward. The days of Parshuram are over. You can't take a fursa and say that I am going to, you know, take on all the evildoers. They have now AK forty seven. Don't do that. Times have changed. You will be put behind bars before anything else. Because life moves forward. The law of Moses is replaced by the law of Christ in the same place. See, even there, Moses' law was eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Christ is born among the Jews and he wanted actually to purify the Jews. He said that, you know, what you are following is not what your own scripture says. That's why you see many Christians include the Old Testament. He never gave a cosmology because he said it's already there. But you people have misunderstood. So what does he say? He comes and says, no, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, punishing, all this is old law. The new law is compassion, forgive them for they know not what they are doing. So he comes within them and gives a new law, which is a higher law. So we see that God renews himself and by renewal he becomes young because it's to move toward the future. Agni is also described as a child, always young. He is described as the ancient of the instant and his child, the offspring. And every time he is born again and again in different, if you read the Vedic thought, seven times he is born in different worlds, in the waters. And by taking birth again and again, he renews himself and becomes young. That's that's how the birth of Agni. But here as we can see clearly, it is definitely the work of the Birth of the Divine in in a mortal frame. God renewed himself in a world of young beauty, thought and flame. So what happened as a result of that? Divine voices spoke on men's lips. The heart woke to white dawns of gleaming wonder. We thought it's we. Because he is present. Didn't the mother say his presence is enough? To prove, it doesn't matter if thousands of men are plunged in the densest ignorance, his presence is enough. So how does the divine act? Just by mere presence, even if nobody knew about Shurabindo. His very presence will bring to earth the action of these forces and these forces will start working in the world. Somebody had that story, how these forces work. The divine has to do nothing. When somebody spoke ill of the mother... And uh, next day he came for darshan. This is the beauty of human life, huh? And she didn't say anything. But night he had a terrible knee pain, swelling and... He said, Mother, did you punish me? No, my child, I don't punish. Oh, I thought I have got this because of my the way I spoke about you. She said, see, I don't punish. But you know, there are gods. You can't stop them. <laughs> <laughs> you say a word against Rama, Maruti will, you know, take you head on. <laughs> they are the gods, you can't stop them. So this is how divine voices began to speak on. Now you see, people have started using words like transformation, new earth, whatever meaning they put into it, divine life. Even there is a divine life society, integral yoga. I I am not sure whether they have actually patented it or not. They started patenting. Do you know that? The word integral yoga was being patented. And this was brought to knowledge. Now, you know, integral yoga will be sold. And in ways that you can't imagine. Of course, I can imagine if Sri somebody told him, he said, let them try whatever they want. (laughs) Ultimately, the thing is to be done inside. But this is how this... this, uh, whole thing has spread divine voices speaking on human lips and not only the mind the heart opens woke to white dawns of gleaming wonder the human heart which had lost hope 100 years back actually many of us we cannot even imagine but some of us who have seen little bit of the transition when we were children what it meant to live a life and today what a change it has created gleaming wonder air A robe of splendor. So air is all the movement, the activity and everything. It becomes a uh, a robe of splendor. Air relates to action. So there is the um, mind which becomes open and divine voices speak through lips of men. The heart opens to the white flame, purifies itself. And your very actions, air, the breath of life, the movement of life, life, we can substitute the word for life. Air, a robe of splendor. Breath, a joy. Life, a godlike game. So, what is a godlike game? So, before that, this we have seen in like, at least I have seen when during school days. So, there were four career options. So, one was doctor, banja, doctor, engineer, IAS officer. Or fourth category Kanjaiga, Kuchnikkarsakta, politician Banja. That's <laughs> why. So if you are a total failure, useless fellow, but actually it was not politician, it was IAS. So these were the four categories in which human beings, we couldn 't think of anything else. And now you see, all this life, a godlike game. Take the challenges, take the risks, go, try. Paralympics, we were reading that story of that girl. How, you know, there is no limit. Human consciousness, you cannot limit it. You can't cave in it into this or that. It's amazing the way the young people are thinking and the way they are moving forward and how they are acting, how, they, how their deeds are touching, what heights. So, air a robe of splendor, their deeds are not limited to, I am doing a nine to five job. A Very lucky guy. It's nothing like nine to five job now. <laughs> what are you doing? Meant, how much you are earning? What is your position? Now that concept is gone, thankfully. New things, splendid things. As You see the joy on their face when people describe the new things they are doing? They are happy describing them. They are not like, uh, otherwise these categories, they are gone. Amazing thing! Sometimes I just wonder that where do people get these ideas and they do it and they are very happy doing it. So air becomes a robe of splendor, breath a joy. Breath means every moment of life becomes a joy. Why? Because the Lord is here. I remember this experience of installing of the relics going to California. So, uh, Lodai Ashram. So that night we had slept in the place where the relics will be installed and next day was the installation so there were a lot of people speaking and uh, I was supposed to speak also so I said I don't know I just felt what a joy that Lord is here by our side and he is sleeping because you know I was sleeping in one of the rooms and he was there so I said it's such a joy so I said in Pondicherry if you live with this idea that Shurbind and the mother are right here physically will you ever worry about anything They are right there. Every morning, wake up, they are there. We lose that contact, this is our problem. Because we need something in the very gross frame, physical. But just to know that they are here, at the samadhi, just to tell them, they are here, they have heard you. So that is such a wonderful feeling. Breath becomes a joy. Why? Because divine is present. And life, a godlike game. It is a game anyways. So let it become a godlike game. What do the gods play with? They play with the stars. When they have to play football, where do they go? They say, let's go to the Milky Way. So what will you do? What will you play with? Cricket, match, or a... So we'll play with the asteroids. They pick up an asteroid. This is actually described in Savitri in book 2, Canto 3. So they will play with the stars. Then they will say athletics. Okay, we'll run from star omega to whatever they call it. And we'll go to the star, that galaxy star, and let's see who comes first. This is their life. And imagine today, human beings are dreaming of such things. It's so wonderful, God like him. There's a joy to live like that. That's why in, in uh, Durga's throat, Shirvindu says, Make us great, make our efforts great. May nothing in us desire the small, the ignoble. And that's exactly what, you know, we should be. Why this idea in, in throughout the uh, writings in, uh, on education, he says, you know, we have got used to this mentality that, you know, uh, read so that you get a job. The same thing, bourgeois ideal. We get a job after that, we are getting a cushy pay and we are comfortable. That's not what is the ideal of man. There is nothing wrong with greatness. This idea that, oh, greatness is to be shunned. No. Greatness too is at the service of the divine. Imagine if Arjuna is great, A great instrument of the divine Greatness at the service of the divine Not at the service of the human ego But greatness is something in its own right Which the divine uses So life becomes a godlike game No more a game played at a low pitch After all we are children of the divine Why would we want to play in a very safe, comfortable field? We should take the greatest challenges of life Why? Simply because We are children of the Divine Mother. It should be worthy of our being called her children. So I will close with this poem. A strong son of lightning came down to the earth with fire feet of swiftness splendid. Light was born in a womb and thunder's force filled a human frame. The calm speed of heaven, the sweet greatness, pure passion wing power had descended this wing power had descended this reminds me of mother's signature you know what did she said supramental bird it stays where it lands it doesn't leave Winged power from that mighty heights just a signature not even <laughs> the mother's being and there are people who don't even value Mother's signature I have seen Sometimes discarded like that Even in print Forget about the original signature You know how mother asked the names of those Who were with Sherbindu in the revolutionary movement And she could say Okay this person, this person, this person She could immediately note out That these were uh, Manada brought a list of all the people He didn't know exactly who all And she could identify And he asked how do you know mother She said Sri Aurobindo's blue light is still protecting them and this is in print so you know it's not an ordinary thing even their print signature what it means the bird she has descended here mighty winged bird all the gods in a mortal body dwelt bore a single name Shurabindo Nami A wide wave of movement Stirred All the dim globe In each glad and dreaming fold All over dreaming Wake up, wake up, wake up Why sir? Such a beautiful dream But outside It's very harsh reality That's why wake up Why you are waking us? To break the dream? No I am waking you up to realize the dream Now the time has come Is it? What is the assurance? The Lord would say, I am here. Now the time has come to realize. So you know, glad dreams in the folds. People could only dream because outside reality was very harsh. So the time has come to realize it. Life was cast into grandeur. Ocean hands took the wheels of time. It is a tsunami which is going to change. It's no more the slow trudge of time. It's the ocean. The whole cosmos is going to change, upheave, because of the presence of the Lord. Man's soul was again a bright charioteer of days, hired by gods, impetuous, bold, hurled by one on his storm winged ways, a shaft aimed at heights sublime. The old tablets clanging fell. Ancient slow nature's dead wall was rent asunder. Line in the Vedas Lo, the light has come, darkness has cleaved and rent asunder. Very powerful lines. Another one When do doubts vanish? As the sun scatters the clouds, as the wind scatters the clouds. So, when the psychic being comes out, all doubts vanish. So, the same action. Is described here that God's come out in bold. And the dead wall of nature, that old things which are not breaking, suddenly they break apart. God renewed himself in a world of young beauty, thought and flame. New thoughts, new ways of life, new urge to progress toward the new and the unknown. That is born in human heart. Divine voices spoke on men's lips. The heart woke to white tones of gleaming wonder. This divine voice spoke on men's lips. You see in that Savitri, Book Three, Canto Four, we are described in the vision and the boon the children of who are going to come in the future. Feeds echoing in the corridors of time, voices that still communed with the incommunicable, ineffable. And they will bring those voices, those speech to earth and men. Air a robe of splendor, the dull robe of terrestrial round every day morning that changes. Air a robe of splendor, breath a joy, life a godlike aim. So this is what happens when we turn to Shurabindhu and move towards the future. But if we want to remain children of the past, then there is endless crying. Because the past is gone, gone, gone. And a new world is born, born, born. Namaste.